0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.
1: Sonny Milano scores twice, including the game winner on a power play in overtime. Anaheim Ducks 4, Edmonton Oilers 3 is the final. Three Edmonton Oilers debut tonight. A goal and an assist for Tyler Ennis. A goal and an assist for Andreas Athanasiu. And Mike Green on defense plays just under 13 minutes, winds up minus one in this game. Thanks a lot for joining us. Three minutes before 11, Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, overtime open line, courtesy Hartland Ford. The Oilers were behind for most of this game. They trailed 2-0, eventually tied it. Anaheim went ahead again. The Oilers tied it again. And then McDavid called for tripping in overtime. And the Ducks finish it off on the 4-on-3 power play. Really, Rob, when I look at this game, and it ends in overtime, and we often talk about what happens at the end of the game, but I, I just think, you know, pretty much a terrible first period was the biggest difference. Uh, a terrible first period by Edmonton, to me, is the biggest difference.
2: It, it was. It put the Oilers in chase mode. Uh, I mean, eventually they do catch up, but, you know, you expend a lot of energy. And then you have to play perfect hockey because you spotted the Anaheim Ducks a 2 nothing lead and actually could have been worst. I mean, there was a 3-0. on They had a couple other really good chances. They dominated the first period. The Oilers looked sloppy in the first 20 minutes. Uh, I know that there's some new line combinations and sometimes things don't click, but a lot of the turnovers were in their own zone and just losing races, losing battles. Sometimes you get a little overconfident against teams that uh, on paper you should beat and it looked like that through the first 20 minutes.
1: On the positive side, I, I mentioned both Ennis and Athanasio get a goal and an assist and I'm going to start with Ennis though because I thought even in that first period, he was the one Oiler that, that stood out and seemed to have some energy and have, have his feet moving. I thought Tyler Ennis was very good all night tonight.
2: I thought he was the best player in the game on both teams. He looked a guy, like a player that was, A, desperate to make a good impression, to keep a career alive, and excited to be playing. Uh, a I mean, he's playing with his hometown team. He's playing on the the number one line with the number one player in the world and he's playing on a team that has a chance to, to win a division. He looked rejuvenated. He was moving his feet. He was creating plays. Uh, he Very talented young player, and he's finally getting an opportunity to play in a pretty you know, you know pronounced role on this team. So he was, you're right, he was the best player in the first period, and I thought he was the best p- player throughout the entire night.
1: Athanasio winding up with two points as well. The, the goal he scored was the puck somehow wiggled its way through Gibson and all the Anaheim players thought he had it. The referee was aware the puck was still loose, as was Athanasio. It was about a two-inch shot to, to tap it in behind the goaltender. I, I don't know if we saw him get to unleash that blazing speed that he is well-known for, but I, I thought he seemed more comfortable as the game went on.
2: I thought he got better. I thought in the first period he looked a little off and I think there's pressure coming in, new team, a lot of, it's, it's a difficult transition sometimes when you go to a whole new group of players. But as the game got going, he got better. And what you like about the goal he scored, and again, if that was a, a golf putt, it was a, it was a gimme, you pick it up, you don't even put it in the net. It was that close to the goal line. But he stopped in front of the net and he was watching the play. And a lot of times, and most people are guilty, Manson was guilty of it, and most players are, that was an easy play. That that, that puck never should have got to where it was. That should have been covered, and you kind of relax. But Double-A was looking at that area. He was prepared that if the puck did bounce free for some weird reason, he was going to get to it first, and he did, but he played well. It, it was that line, well, I mean, it carried the Oilers. It gave them an opportunity to get a point tonight. So the two new guys up front, the Oilers fans got to be pretty excited what they saw in the first game.
1: We'll give Athanasio see you the fourth star tonight, courtesy West Point of Windermere, a private estate lot-only community just off Terwilliger Drive. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. Tyler Ennis picked as the third star. Josh Manson, who played a ton tonight, 26 minutes and two seconds, is the second star, and with two goals, including the game winner, Sonny Milano, is the first star. The Oilers are injury-riddled. Uh, Kyler Yamamoto, the latest player to go out, he is out week to week with an ankle injury you know ken holland saying hopefully it's it's more in the two to three week range than longer we'll see but i mean they missed them. there i mean it was a point a game in 21 games but they they definitely missed them tonight
2: they did and, and as you saw dave tippett understood it too is they started with archibald playing with leon and rnh and eventually went to chase on uh is a big part of that line now i don't expect that line to be off again tomorrow night they did have a one-off tonight and is an important part of this team, it, just the energy he brings, you know we saw a well, good example Ennis on the first line playing McDavid every time he was on he had that energy about him and as Leon talks about Yamamoto, it's contagious well tonight the the, the Oilers second line, the Leon drives to the line, wasn't as energetic as we've seen in the past and Yam- not having Yamamoto was a big part of it
1: So 4-3, the Oilers lose in overtime. They have to settle for a single point. They are 33-22-8 on the season, 19 games to go. They are third in the Pacific Division. Both the Oilers and Vancouver have 74 points. The Canucks with a game in hand, so they get placed higher. Vegas has played 64 games, one more than Edmonton. They have 76 points. The Oilers will play Vegas tomorrow night. The Golden Knights have won six in a row. The Oilers are 6-0 and in the second half of back-to-back, so something will end there tomorrow night. Uh, we'll get a little bit more post-game reaction as we go along. Uh, just seeing some uh, quotes from Twitter, it sounds like Dave Tippett didn't like the penalty call on McDavid in overtime.
2: Well, I'm sure he didn't. Uh, to me, I mean, you and I are watching, we're, we're like... I mean, the ref was 12 feet away. We are about 2,000 kilometers away. And as soon as it happened, we both said, there's a penalty. Um, th- th- honestly, there was a lot of soft calls. The, the Getzlaff penalty on McDavid and where he was, McDavid was coming out of his own zone, that was a soft call. The one in overtime, a soft call. The problem in overtime, when you when someone goes down, if you don't make the call, all of a sudden, it's, it's an odd man break. Because the guy's down, it's three on three. There's so much open ice. Most refs err on the side of caution. McDavid's stick was across the waist. But you and I have seen the replay, and it looked like... When
1: was slow it down.
2: When you slow it down, it looks like he was already falling. And McDavid's stick just happened to be there. But as soon as you put your stick in that area, you're just begging the referee to make a call. And unfortunately for the Oilers tonight, he did. And as we talked to Alan May yesterday from Washington, a four-on-three power play to me is the best power play you can have. And when you get one in overtime, you usually see the game end. So it's unfortunately for the Oilers. They battle back all night long, penalty and overtime. Eventually, they lose one of the extra points.
1: All right, 4-3, the Oilers fall. Connor McDavid, three assists. Here he is. After your first game with your, your two new line mates.
3: Yeah, I thought they were great. Um, you know, they made plays all night. Um, you know, big play at the end there by, by Enzo. And um, had a good job by AA to, to hang out there and, and, uh, and bang it in.
4: So, I um, mean, yeah, I thought they were good um i i really like playing with him i think a lot of people uh, criticize the fact you don't get more penalty calls than you do is it frustrating to
0: have kind of a ticky-tack minor in overtime
3: yeah it is frustrating um you know but i'm never gonna rip on the officials um you know they have a tough job i gave them the opportunity to make the call um you know maybe a little bit uh, poor defense but i mean that's a play that happens all the time in the corner um he goes down pretty easy um like you said, pretty ticky-tacky, in overtime, and overtime, and that's the game. But um, you know, I, I, I try not to criticize the officials. Um, they have a tough job, and, and the game's fast. But um, I'd prefer them not to make that call. Um, you know, especially just uh, just because there's no there's no chance out, coming out of it. There's no there's no nothing. It's a nothing play. So um, it is what it is, and, and uh, we got to move on. But. Um, yeah.
4: We'll criticized the team for its start that they had came out slow out of the gate but do you see some solace or some positive and squandering a point out of this after being down two?
3: uh yeah i mean obviously not a good enough start um just weren't ready to go um you know a couple of new faces in the lineup not sure what it was but um i liked our our our, uh, our will to battle back um they made it 2-2 and you know we even gave them one to make it 3-2 and, and we found another way to, to battle back so you know it's a big point for us um you know but a big Big two points tomorrow night uh, are up for grabs against a, you know a good Vegas team. A thought on playing Vegas tomorrow—that turns into a pretty big hockey game tomorrow night. Yeah, it's a really big hockey game. All, all all hockey games are big right now for us um, and the whole Pacific
4: Division. So it's a tight race. Um, you know, tomorrow's a big one. Connor, uh, obviously with two new alignments, maybe describe the feeling out process. Is it just going out there and playing, or is there a lot of communication on the bench, in between periods?
3: Yeah, we we just said going in, we'll, we'll talk lots. Um, we'll just try to play our game and keep it simple. Um, you know it sounds cliche, but um, you know when when you meet the guy and, and have to play play with uh, with you know, two new players for all of us. Um, you know, in the same day, it's it can be tough. Um, I thought we did a good job of just going out there and and trying to keep it simple, and um, we found a way to get two, which is which is big, and um, we'll build off that. Long has to be with you three guys. Like it's a fast line. Is that? You know, how do other than just being faster than the other team? How do you use that to your advantage? It's it's probably the fastest line I've ever played on for sure. Um, You know, it's it was fun tonight. Um, You know, fun to play with those two guys. They're both both very skilled and and offensive, and um, you know, work hard. So um, I like the potential that line has, and um, you know, something to build off for sure.
1: All right, that's Connor McDavid. Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to the Ducks. McDavid with three assists tonight. The Oilers' goal scorers were Ennis, Dreisaitl on a power play, and then Athanasiu. And, uh, yeah, you you talked about the speed of the line. And actually, Ennis, to me, looked even quicker than I thought he would be. I mean, that take to the net on what turned out to be the Athanasiu goal. That
2: was a really good play. It was. Well, you saw how quick he was going by because the Anaheim Duck defenseman dove and even diving never got far enough as Ennis went right around him. A uh, couple points that Connor made in there that were really, uh, you think about it, he, he talked about the penalty ticky-tack, but he said, I gave the ref the chance to call it by being poor defensive side and using my stick across. He goes, again, it, it didn't need to be called. He went down soft, but he gave the ref the chance to make the call. And the other one that I didn't even think about till he said it was three guys that were on that line today, three different organizations, it's almost like when you go to an all-star game and they put you with line mates that you've never played before. Normally when there's a trade or something, usually there's two guys that always play together and you bring a new guy in. Today, uh, with Yamamoto out of the lineup, Archibald played with Leon and RNH who play together all the time. But you just brought in three guys, three different organizations, and they met each other in the morning and said, all right, uh, let's just go on and, and do our thing tonight. And it sometimes takes a while to make, have chemistry, to know where he wants the puck. Do you want it on your backhand? Do you want it on your forehand? Where do you dart? When you come to the blue line, do you come to the middle? Do you go wide? All those little things, there was a feeling out period through the first 20 minutes, but in the final 40 minutes, they seemed to understand what each other needed, and they complemented each other very well.
1: Both teams 1-3 on the power play. The final shots were 32-21 for the Oilers. In the second and third combined, Edmonton outshot Anaheim 13-9 and uh, outscored the Ducks 3-1 on those two periods. But as Rob and I mentioned, just a, just a bad first period for the Oilers. They fell behind 2-0. Shots were 3-2 for the Oilers in overtime. Drysdale had a couple of hacks in tight about 25 seconds into overtime Bear fed the puck down low and uh, Drysaddle got a tip went for the rebound and Gibson kept it out
2: yeah it was a nice play by Bear I mean the Oilers went back to Leon and Connor on the the starting lineup in overtime they'd gotten away from that a little bit uh, tonight it was Bear that got the start with him and Bear made a really nice play he got the puck he saw McDavid excuse me he saw Leon in front of the net Leon Gets the first tip and then standing by himself, tries to put it around Gibson, wasn't able to. And unfortunately, the penalty followed not too long after that. And that took away the other's chances. But uh, Leon did have some chances. He had the goal. Wasn't as sharp. RNH wasn't as sharp as we've seen in the past but I would expect tomorrow night in Vegas you're going to see both teams at their best which to me makes for a very exciting night.
1: 75 bucks to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from Ascendant Financial when the name of the game is life there's Ascendant Financial visit coveredalberta.ca they give $25 for every goal throughout the season to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. 4-3 Ducks win in overtime back to Anaheim Edmonton head coach Dave Tippett. Maybe not fair to start with the the penalty there but Connor kind of felt it was one of those that a lot of times does
0: Get called, but I wonder your assessment on it. Well, my assessment on it is if that was a call, there probably should have been about six on Connor like that in the game, right? So to get to get it in overtime, I, I thought it was a soft call, but that's you know it's it's the thing that's frustrating about that is is there is so many like that on counter through the neutral zone and on chances that don't get called and then you see that one called so it is what it is that's that wasn't the determining factor in the game we didn't play very well we got better as the game went on but the first period was poor for our group just got outworked and uh, didn't compete hard enough and uh probably probably just kind of looking around to see how things were going to go instead of doing and we got behind and we come back got a point but uh frustrating we uh i'd like to see us to play i'd like to see us play 60 minutes tomorrow night
4: of course there's going to be some feeling out process with some new players especially on the top line but is there a little bit of solace and positives that you can squander a point out of this heading into vegas tomorrow
0: well, we're not in a position where we should be squandering. We should be playing well and getting points, you know. So that's that's the frustrating part. And uh, and you know, I, I understand there's going to be some, you know, there's a feeling-out process of where everybody's going to fit. But that being said, you can still control your you control your uh, compete and how hard you work. And uh, in the first period, we just got to work. So those those are easy ones to uh, to fix. And uh, you know, we we need to. Hey, we're going to be a good playoff team you got to be able to start on time that's that's what it is your assessment of ennis and athanas apart from the fact they obviously kind of point the goal you know what i thought both of them got better as the game went on they were you know they were like the rest of our team uh uh ennis i thought real good real good jump but they're both kind of feeling their way in like i said it's going to take a take a couple games to uh to get in and get comfortable with things so we'll uh We'll continue to push them along, but it's good to see when they're new guys coming in there They want to contribute a little bit so they each get a goal they each feel like they contribute um, You know green was solid back there. So it it's a, it's a good start for them. That being said our whole team as a group we have to We have to start uh, we have to compete hard right from the drop you of the said puck. That in the morning, though, you, you said, "Okay, we got new pieces here," but the message is, "Okay, let's get back to work." Yeah, so, yeah. were they not listening in the first period, or what? Yeah, they were watching in the first period. I guess I don't know. But you know, it's just we we, we got to continue to get better. That's the way it is. You use Mike Green on the PK with Larson in the box. Is he uh, possibly going to be your number five defenseman in, in that role? Uh, possibly he's played a lot of penalty kill you know there's uh, depending on how it goes here but uh, he's he's a smart player he, he adjusts the situations he's done a lot of penalty killing over his years so he's uh you know he's a guy that will will get some time there for sure that one nothing goal he was kind of on the spot a little bit but was that just sort of a whole line problem that was that was in the corner was uh turned it over once and then turned it over again and then uh, I think he thought the guy was going to pass it and it just got poked loose and he was going to the guy he thought it was going to so that was uh, not on an, any one guy that was a that was a uh, cluster in, the, in the, the start kind of the epitome of our first period.
1: All right, well, that's uh, Dave Tippett, head coach of the Oilers, and uh, he nailed it. bad first period. They'll need to start better tomorrow against Vegas. That'll be our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that uh, that was probably one of the worst periods. Uh, of the year for the Oilers who have actually been I mean Jack brings it up a lot the, they're actually the highest scoring first period team in the NHL so I mean you you can't say they aren't a quick starting team but t- uh, tonight they were bad uh Tippett said you know didn't like the penalty call uh in overtime but probably shouldn't have got down to that I mean if you play better in the first period like you did against Los Angeles the other night you you're not going there and I and I think I mean that calls over and done with I think now you're saying these little things so you get maybe get the next call
2: it's true uh, i mean and you just can't put your stick in the, the waste area it just gives the referee the opportunity to make the call because you didn't need to there was no scoring chance there uh, it was a, a nothing play uh, i mean connor doesn't need to with his speed he can catch anyone doesn't need to put his stick somewhere and uh was it soft absolutely but the referee has the opportunity to make a call because the stick was there and Unfortunately for the Edmonton Oilers, tonight the referee made that call. So, But if you talk about it, you mention it, refs listen, leagues listen. Hopefully at some point you'll get a call going your way.
1: All right, 4-3 Anaheim wins in overtime. You can get us by calling or texting 780-496-0063. You'll hear from Tyler Ennis in a few minutes. Pretty good debut for him. We have Skipper on line one. Go ahead, Skipper. Hey, guys.
5: Thank, thank you so much for having me on the show. And let me start out by saying...
1: Um, couldn't be happier with the
5: start from Andreas you and Ennis tonight. I couldn't be happier with both the trades. Um, however, on another note, Jujar Kera out there has got to be kidding me. Like, how are we even still playing this guy? We have a two-on-one in the third period, and he can't even hit the net. Darnell Nurse has been subpar all year, and I really don't understand why he's built up so much. And he walked into Roger's place, his face is all over the place. I think we pumped this guy up too much, and now he thinks he's better than he is.
1: Well, he's had a tough year,
2: Skipper, for sure. Uh, I mean, they don't have have anybody else to go in right now. I think he was talking about Darnell Nurse the second half. I think he was talking about Jujar Kara first, and then I think he talked about Darnell Nurse. Oh, sorry,
1: Skipper, is that what you meant? Yeah, absolutely, and I mean personally, I
5: was at the game and I watched him miss three point blank open nets like two games ago. This was Nurse, and I really think we're only as strong as our weakest link right now.
2: Darnell Nurse is not the weakest link for the Edmonton Oilers on defense. Far from. I'm sorry, but I'd have to disagree. Well, so. then, yeah, I got to be honest with you. Then you talk to anyone in hockey, Darnell. You're not going to compare him to the bottom four defensemen for the Edmonton Oilers. He is so much better than them. Is he a number one pairing defenseman? Probably not. That would be Cleft Bomb. But Darnell Nurse, there's no comparison between the bottom four defensemen on the Edmonton Oilers playing tonight. And as far as pumping them up, everybody's pitchers up in the Edmonton Oilers arena. They do not have one. The only players that would be up there a little bit more would be Connor and Leon, and they should absolutely be. I don't think his head is so big because he sees his pitcher in Rogers Arena. Darnell Nurse has his warts. He certainly does. But if you were to move Darnell Nurse, you'd be looking for a defenseman that can do what Darnell Nurse does.
5: Be on the ice for many goals. Well, That'd if you
2: great. want to go that way, I mean, Oscar clefbaum has been on the most goals against on the Edmonton Oilers defensively. Uh, I just... We I'll can't disagree with agree, that because we got stats to show him, that. Uh, I mean that that's the fact. And what's 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 Oscar Kleffbaum's plus minus? He's in minus 15ish or something like that.
1: Uh, I gotta check here. What's their no well, I mean, it doesn't matter. I, no, know, but, I know what point you're making. Uh, There's uh, here's here's the thing, Skipper. A nurse is he's gonna have to play a little more with Kleffbaum out. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, it's I a, again, it's not that he's either perfect or he's crap. You know?
5: No, I'm not saying that. I just think that you know maybe we're in a spot right now where. Uh, we we need to play him more, but I think once we get these guys back, I think there, there definitely needs to be a decrease in ice time.
1: Well, it well w- there will, there be. Be, but there a- will b- be, but again, I'll ask you this. And, and look, we, again, we recognize like Nurse is a good skater. He yep. can play a rugged game, and I've said it. I have said this for several years. Darnell Nurse is a loud player. When he makes a good play, it's, it can be spectacular. When Good he point, makes yeah. a mistake, sometimes it's, it's a really bad one. He didn't have a great game tonight, and I think there's a few guys in that category. But we've now had three experienced coaches, Tippett, Hitchcock, and McClellan. When Clefbaum's been out, they've all turned to Nurse to give more ice time. So either they're all idiots and don't understand Darnell Nurse, or maybe that's how he's perceived by a lot of coaches.
5: Yeah. What do you guys think about Jujar Kara? He's once having a bad year. He's
2: having a bad year, and if everyone was healthy, Jujar Kara wouldn't be in the lineup.
1: Thanks, Skipper. Appreciate it. Do, do you think he's in the league next year? Yes. Yes. He may not I be, be an Oiler. Okay, thank you. 7804960063. Oilers lose 4 3 in overtime to the Ducks. Whenever Edmonton gets to five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630CHED.com. You can print up a coupon for a free appetizer. At Japanese Village, Triple A steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses at Japanese Village. Ethan Bear was uh, on the power play tonight. I had a nurse and he made some good plays.
2: He did. Uh, to me, I'm still surprised that we didn't see Mike Green on the first power play or the second power play unit for that matter. Uh, I think that's something that he can excel at. But Bear made some nice plays. And on the goal that Leon Dreisettel scored, Bear made two really good plays keeping the puck in. First, he uh, Anaheim was trying to clear it. He grabbed it, put it down, kept the play alive. And then just before the goal, McDavid gave him a, a bit of a hand grenade type of pass. McDavid was under pressure, put it to an area. The puck was bouncing, and Bear had to settle it down with a player coming at him, and he kept the puck in. So Bear, Bear continues to impress and continues to get better. Uh, he did make one uh, ill-conceived play tonight in his own end. We don't see those very often out of Ethan Bear, but tonight we saw a lot from a number of players in the first 20 minutes but yeah Ethan Bear again playing huge minutes with Clefbaum out of the lineup and excelling most nights
1: 4-3 Ducks win in overtime and you're right about that first period i mean Shane, like Shane might have turned the puck over more times tonight than he has in the last 3 weeks you know and again we're like it was it was a team thing with this a couple of his plays stood out to me they, they just were not in it at all in the first period mentally or physically
2: well the one reporter I don't know which one it was asked the question about the first goal and talked about Green taking the wrong guy but Dave Tippett said at best I mean there was four guys that made mistakes on that goal and eventually turned... well and
1: that started a minute earlier yeah. like Leon lost the puck inside his own blue line he lost it they get hemmed
2: in they cleared it Le- only one guy changes Lagesson. he makes a ill-advised play then shay and passed it right to uh, sunny milano and then green and this, the reason he he's taking the most blame is because you could see him he skated right away from the net too. It looked like he was going after Getzlaf and the puck was going the other way and Milano was going at it. So there were four mistakes that happened on that play that created the goal against. Uh, Green only played uh, just over about 12 minutes tonight. Was I, I was expecting to see him a little bit more. He did make a really nice outlet pass early in the game. I think he sprung McDavid on on a partial break. Uh, it'd be I would imagine we're going to see more and more of Mike Green moving forward. The one question was was asked earlier too, I think Jack asked Bob, do you see Benning in the game tomorrow? And like I said at times, struggled early in the game as well. It's just, and and Bob and Jack talked about it, the lefty-righty thing. They believe that Tippett likes lefty-righty, and if Benning was in the lineup, that means one of the parents would have to be righty-righty. So it'll be interesting to see tomorrow night if Benning is still out, and if Green gets any more ice time playing against one of the top teams in the Western Conference,
1: uh Chuck asking on the text line when Cassian's back. He's back Saturday,
2: so he's got one he's more got game. One
1: game left. He misses tomorrow. He plays Saturday against the Jets. Uh, or I guess he's eligible to play. I don't
2: and, see why they wouldn't play him. Yeah, and I mean a, a silly play by Cassian with the kicking motion has cost him and the Oilers seven games, and it's it's too bad because uh, the Oilers need need his abrasiveness, need his speed. Uh, they just frankly need him in the lineup.
1: All right, We have Jordan on line two. Go ahead, Jordan. Hey, guys. Uh, a couple quick uh, comments and questions. First of all, just kind of
6: dovetailing off the last caller there. Uh, I'm wondering if we're starting to see, not that the rookies have been bad, especially Bears, just been lights out. I don't count on a rookie anymore. He's part of this team, but talking Laguson and Jones, and, and Nurse playing more minutes, <clears throat> is that starting to show it's kind of um, it's where on the team because they've been they played well for a stretch, but definitely they're playing more minutes than any of them ever been used to. Um, and then as a follow-up, do you guys ever remember a line kind of being formed so quickly? Uh, two acquisitions forwards so having the night they did, um, and they could have had more.
2: Um, it's funny, and, and I go back to what Connor McDavid said after the game, talking about three guys from d- three different organizations meeting in the morning and playing. I I I'd, I'd be hard pressed to to remember a time where a line his form like that. As I said, usually there's uh, a new guy will come in and he'll jump on a line with two guys that have played together. A guy gets called up from the minors, he'll jump on a line with two guys that have played together. But for, I mean, today we had a line with an Ottawa senator, a Detroit Red Wing and an Edmonton Oiler, who met at Morning Skate this morning and then said, okay, you're a line tonight. And it took them about 20 minutes to, to figure it out. Uh, but they did I mean to me it'd be easy to figure it out give it to Connor and get open and then we'll we'll be okay that way But yeah, it, it was interesting uh, As for any time a top player goes out and people get elevated minutes whether they're a veteran a rookie uh, or a middle guy uh, Guys are hard-pressed to keep up a certain level just because they're not used to it um, Jones spent part of the year in the minors Then he was a third pairing defenseman now is having to play more minutes. Late Eighteen tonight. Yeah, so now he's playing in second pairing. I think he's been okay. He's though. been good. No, I, I, I think he's he's gotten better. He's become more confident. He simplifies his game. Having said that, when you play, when you move up in the lineup, you're playing against better competition. Because when you're the third pairing is usually sheltered. They're usually playing against the other team's third or fourth lines. They usually get the the face offs in an area that's not going to cause problems if you lose the draw. Moving up, all of a sudden, you're playing against the other team's better players. So there, there usually is an adjustment period. Uh, to me, the they look fine. They they do now.
1: No, Laguson's not. He'll I, be the guy that comes out.
2: Well, yeah, eventually. and I, I don't think Laguson is uh, a true regular in the National no, Hockey League isn't. yet. No, but he's been forced into because of injuries. Two left-handed defensemen are out: Russell and Glaubbaum. So that that certainly has pushed him into a role that he's not used to. Uh, a couple mistakes tonight, but all in all. Uh, we've seen players called up in the past from the minors that look completely out to lunch. I don't think he's he's looked that. I think he just needs a little more polish, and uh, eventually when the the others get their healthy players back, he will be much further down the depth chart.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, Nurse played 25 and a half. I mean, that's usually what Clefbaum plays, Mm -hmm. and Nurse plays around 20. And then,
2: I mean, uh, Nurse played 28 last game, yeah. which is about eight minutes more than he he should be playing. Yeah, and
1: I mean Jones at 18, maybe you know if he plays 14 or 15, that that's a little better. So they they got to spread it around a little bit differently with uh, with bomb out, but they're gonna miss him for another few games.
2: Well, they're missing their best defenseman, and and it's tough. You guys have to play in positions are not. I mean, Nurse is being thrown on the power play. He wouldn't be on the power play. Ethan Bear is getting power play time. He's not normally on the power play. You're filling minutes, and Clefbaum plays in all situations. So uh, when the, the good part about this is when the Oilers get healthy, they'll have had a lot of players play in situations they're not used to playing in, and now you're judging them. Now you're seeing what they're capable of doing. So now when you get into the playoffs, if someone goes down, well, I remember when Clefbaum was out, Bear was able to do this. He wasn't capable of this. Jones could do this. He couldn't do that. So you're getting a. It's kind of like an exhibition season with these players because they're getting to show what they're capable of doing when a player is out of the lineup.
1: Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to the Ducks. They trailed 2-0 after the first. Ennis scored in the second. Dreisaitl tied it early in the third on the power play. Enrique put the Ducks back ahead. Athanasio came back three minutes later with a goal and then Milano on the power play in overtime to win it. Tyler Ennis, pretty good debut for the Edmonton Oilers. Here he is.
7: A slow start. I was a little rusty, but uh, I think as a as a unit, we got better as the game went on. And um, you know, these things take a little time to gel and stuff. But for the first game, I thought we uh, did some good things. Who's the fastest guy on that line? I don't know. It's a uh, it's a pretty speedy couple wingers uh, and the centerman. I got um, you know Connor and Double A are so fast uh, I think uh, I'm just trying to get it to those guys and, and work hard does it feel for you you've been a having guy your whole life you pull the uniform on you score goals that like it' was special um, it felt good uh, again though uh, my focus was just on playing hard and and, and competing and, and getting the rough off because like I said I hadn't played in, in a little bit so um yeah, but uh, definitely it was uh, fun to score.
4: And maybe describe the situation. Obviously a new environment, new atmosphere, yet the points are so valuable for you guys. Yeah. For you guys to pick up one point and maybe leave one on the board, maybe describe what that whole experience is like for you.
7: Yeah, we talked about it. I don't think we started uh, good enough tonight, but it's good to get uh, a point. But uh, this time of the year, you, you need to. So we're going to have to have a better start and a better game tomorrow.
1: All right, that's Tyler Ennis gets a goal and an assist. Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to the Anaheim Ducks. We have Sean on line three. Go ahead, Sean.
6: Hey, Reed. How you doing? Good. Good. Thanks for having me today. Uh, the reason I called is I had a few things to ask. First, I'd start with, what would you grade Tippett's coaching today? And you know what? We had a few callers mention having those guys play with McDavid earlier. So, What I'll ask you instead is, like, you know, we have leagues like the NBA that really treat their stars well and is known as more as, like, a player's league. Mm -hmm. So what can we do to improve that and kind of, like,
1: reduce player abuse and have players healthier? Sorry, for your first question, do you mean how Tippett coached today's game or how he's coached the season?
6: No, today's game, just playing those
1: guys with Connor McDavid. Oh, that, okay, that specifically.
2: Um, Well, it seemed to work because that line was by far the best line for the Oilers tonight. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I I thought, uh, I mean, I I thought Dave Tippett has done a very good job this year. Um, With the amount of injuries the team has had, with the expectations that the team has had to have them tomorrow night in a game where they, if they win, they're in first place in their division, I think Tippett's done a great job. As Mm -hmm. for the league, I don't i don't think there's an abuse of the players because i don't see star players getting manhandled a lot i think there's uh, a little sometimes the better players don't always get the benefit of the call and we see that a lot with conor mcdavid Uh, almost every time he skates up the ice he could probably make a call on the opposition because the only way and i played and i played against guys faster than me you cheat you try to Mm -hmm. grab a sweater you try to get your stick on him something to slow him down because you know that if it's a foot race you're going to lose and if the refs call every one of them, there'd be a lot of penalties. Now, if you go by the book, there should be more power plays in the Edmonton Oilers' favour. And I think that's what was frustrating tonight for both Tippett and Connor McDavid. Was it a, Should it have been a penalty? Probably. But that is something that probably Connor McDavid, we probably would have had five or six more power plays in the game if they would have called all of those. And for it to happen at a big moment in overtime is frustrating to to both the player and the coach. So uh, I think there have been rule changes in the National League that help skilled players. It is not as physical a league as it used to be. It's not as dirty a league as it used to be. But there are still times where you think, okay, come on, how is that not a penalty?
1: Brett so. Hall, about 25 years ago, the league had better wake up. It's disappointing for the game. People better start watching and figure it out. It's embarrassing. How can they let the game be like that? It's a hooking and holding fest. There's no chance to do anything like that. I mean, I think, you know, and Bob has made this point too. Well, not just Bob, but just in general discussions with a, with, with a lot of people. But I remember Bob and I were talking about it uh, earlier this season hockey is the whole mentality of hockey is that you have to battle you have to prove how how tough you are there there are going to be obstacles you gotta you gotta fight through it you can't rely on on referees to to help you you gotta you gotta prove you're a sturdy Mm -hmm. sturdy hockey player and, and I, th- I, I think that has existed for a long time. And again, I'm reading stuff from Brett Hall. I mean, Mario mm-hmm. complained about stuff at times. Gretzky complained about stuff at times.
6: Yeah, I think you know what that—that's very true. But in a way, the game is changing also. Like it's much faster. It is gritty, right? But it's less gritty than it used to be. Mm, yeah, it'd be it good if, is. you know, like. Uh, I don't know if gritty is the right term, but, you know, it's a really skill-based game now, right? And a lot of players that, like, you sur- survive in today's game maybe didn't survive in, you know, uh, the game 10, 15, maybe 20 years ago, right?
2: No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, but the thing that always makes me giggle is I watch a game tonight and some of the penalties are called. The gets get slap penalty on McDavid was the exact same penalty that McDavid got. Both of them, neither of them should have been called. To me, they were uh, both ticky-tack. But then you get to the playoffs, and you'll have guys jumping and throwing flying elbows, but if there's no blood, there's no penalty. Yeah. So they, I mean, It's a completely different refereed game come playoff time, which all of a sudden you need certain players in your lineup. And actually, there, it's funny, uh, a, a texter wrote in something about uh, the lines that we have tonight. Did Cassian's silly kicking motion take him off Connor McDavid's line? Because if that line tomorrow night in Vegas has another great night, all of a sudden, where does Cassie and go when he come back? So yeah, that's a good point,
1: Sean. Do you want to finish the play?
6: You know I do, but I have one more thing to say. Actually, I um, I want to give a shout out to my uh, girlfriend. She's listening on the line right now. She thanks so much, celebrity, for being on six thirty Ted. So I thank you guys for taking the call. Oh, what's your and girlfriend's name? To, her name is
1: Ender. Inder? Ender, Inder, yes, that's correct. Well, uh, hello, Ender. Tell her we love her.
2: No, yeah. we can't you can't say That's his girlfriend. I love her, too. We can platon- so he
1: loves her romantically. We can love her platonically, and as we love listeners and appreciate them for listening.
2: Yeah, well, thanks I both of you calling tonight. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, I'm going to put you on hold
1: here. Uh, you already have up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as five ninety eight per day with the promo code jet. Ducks move in from the corner, battling a Sam Steele, taken off a stick by McDavid. Three on two, Edmonton left to right. McDavid feeds half to see you in front. Beautiful chip by Tyler Ennis, and Edmonton's on the board. The newly right, formed John, line. So Ennis gets a goal. What team drafted Tyler Ennis in the first round in 2008? Vancouver or Buffalo? Buffalo.
2: He didn't even need to ask his girlfriend. Sean, yeah. you're a smart no, man.
6: I'm a passionate hockey fan, that's no question. Yeah. You yes. know, I had a friend who played with Tyler Ennis. His name was uh Jeff Reinprecht. So I've known Tyler Ennis
1: about him for a long time. So Oh good. Nice to have him home, yeah. Good stuff. Thank you, guys. Okay, yeah. stay on the line, Sean, because we got to get your info for the prize here because your name's going into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at 1000 bucks. Safe Adrenaline Pumping Fund, FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime. You'll hear from A when we get back. Overtime Open Line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Side, Sonny Milano dropped it off for a Centering pass
6: tipped. What a save made by
0: Mike Smith. He saves the
1: game against Sado. Busting down the seam. Smith read the, where the puck was going. Minute 33 left in regulation time. Mike Smith save the game for Jiffy Lou. Be wise, winter eyes. Smith, uh, 17 stops tonight. Oilers outshot the Ducks, 32-21. Anaheim wins 4-3 in overtime. Sonny Milano scored twice, including the winner. McDavid, three assists. He was in the penalty box for the overtime goal. Athanasiu, a goal and an assist. Ennis, a goal and an assist. Dreisaitl, also scored. The Oilers are 33-22 and 8 on the season. They're two points behind Vegas for first in the Pacific Division. They play Vegas tomorrow. A few texts here. Uh, that was not a penalty in overtime. The other player was falling before McDavid touched him. Another texter says, 3-on-3 uh, three three if a player goes down. It's a 3-on-2 the other way. That might not be called 5-on-5 five five in regulation, but should be in overtime. And CJ and Sherwood Park says, uh, why is it that Ryan Getzlaff can go around whacking, hacking, slashing, and cross-checking and not getting a penalty. His style of play is absolutely and totally disgusting. Ryan Getzlaff, I would say the most... Currently, the most hated players by Oilers fans, I would say Kachuk's probably become number one. Yes, I would say Getzlaff, Perry, and Kessler are still... In that group, even though Kessler even playing, they've kind of well, I'm saying over the last oh, okay, yeah, yeah, seven to ten years, even though they've all kind of Perry's in Dallas now. Um, yeah, I think they would be though, the those most would hated. be probably the top four.
2: I'm try sure to, there's, I'm sure sleep. we'll get a text or two prob- from other people that, yeah,
1: but I think Chuck shot the number one if he wasn't because of this year, if he
2: wasn't already there that's already why it'd be so much fun if Calgary and Edmonton play in the playoffs, yeah, just it'd be the emotion, good. yes, it'd
1: be pretty good. Abbas is on the line. Abbas, go ahead.
6: Hey, what's up,
1: guys? Not much. That was an amazing
6: game. I'm just surprised how the Oilers, you know, they weren't in the game, but they picked it up in the in the second and third. But I'm amazed at uh, Leon Draisaitl. My first question is, um, how many goals do you think Leon Draisaitl will score before the playoffs? Oh, it's
1: that's almost- a good question. Oh, sorry. He's I'm almost at 100. Oh, how many oh he's points? almost at 100 points. Yeah, he'll get 100 points. He has 99. How many now. games do they have? 19 left? They have 19 left. This was his 37th uh, goal. Tonight. I'm going to say 125 he will have. 125 points. That's my prediction. Oh, wow. 26 points in. Oh, yeah. 26 points in 19 games. Mm-hmm. He can do that. Yep. All right. Andreas Athanasiu, first game as an Oiler. He got the tying goal. Here he is.
8: I mean,. Uh, tough one a little bit of, you know like like Leon said there is a little bit of a tough start there but you know I think uh, showed a lot of heart coming back there and you know sticking with it and you know getting that point obviously everyone's huge and I think we wanted the W and uh, you know, we got another one tomorrow so we just got to come out and be ready for puck drop
0: your line was uh, you know I would say probably a slow start to like the team and then put it together, started to really pressure the last two periods. What changed? Did it take some time? How's that work?
8: I think it's just getting used to, you know, your line mates and where they are on the ice and trying to get in a feel for them and, you know, it's trying to, you know, when you step into a game like that and, you know, you got to build chem as quick as possible and obviously, unfortunately, it was a little bit of a slow start but, you know, I think if we take the positives out and, you know, come out tomorrow ready to play off the bat and... You know, I think things are looking good. What's the, the th- one thing that sort of
0: you notice, or that's any different about playing with with Connor McDavid? Is there anything that stands out?
8: Well, he's you know, the best player in the world, so it's uh, you know he makes the game uh, you know pretty easy out there when you when you play with him, and you know he's you know he controls. You can see how he controls the game, and you know, it's just a lot of fun to play, and you know it kind of strives everyone to you know push and work hard when you see how hard he's working. So it's um, Obviously, it's uh, it's a lot of fun to play with them for sure.
1: All right, that is double A, as he's come to be known quickly here in Edmonton. Goal and assist for him tonight, Oilers there's lose 4-3 in overtime. Let's check the scoreboard here, Rob, for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers? Head to edmontontrailer.com. Calgary won 5-2 in Boston. Important win for them. Also, Panthers beat the Coyotes 2-1. Coyotes uh, are in tough here. Canucks get an overtime win, 4-3 over the Canadians. Flyers beat the Sharks, 4-2. Maple Leafs win in Tampa Bay, 4-3. See, they do better when it's a real goalie and not a <laughs> bad emergency goalie. Rangers beat the Islanders 4-3 in overtime. Stars over the Hurricanes 4-1. The Jets lose in a shootout 4-3 to the Capitals. Devils knock off the Wings 4-1. Blues outscore Chicago 6-5. Predators beat the Senators 3-2. Minnesota over the Blue Jackets 5-4. Minnesota still trying to hang around in that playoff race. Oil Kings beat Winnipeg 10-1 in their hockey-hookie game. Dylan Gunther... Outstanding player. Got a
2: hat trick. He is going to be a very good player in the Western Hockey League. He is going to be a good player in the National Hockey League as well.
1: Raptors lost 108-97 to they, Milwaukee.
2: Yeah, Milwaukee cheated. <laughs> they, what did, they they? got the Greek freak. They astroed. They astroed. That's what That's they did. That's now become a verb. That's very <laughs> interesting.
1: All right, we have Jamie on the line. Go ahead, Jamie.
6: Hey, guys. How's it going? Quite well. I uh, read right on. I uh, I don't know why I just, I hate to kind of do this, but uh, like for some reason the last few games, just the eye test, um, watching Nurse, like he just seems to be not pressuring the guys when he should, and offensively he's getting like like not so much tonight, but he's getting these clear cut like grade A chances, and he's just not finishing, and I'm just like and i uh, obviously i know the the coaching staff got him kind of got bare a little power play time but i just i feel like he's really struggling and he's costing us some chances and you know i know he's a he's a uh, core piece here but i'm just wondering can we lower his minutes a
2: bit the problem, once the, clef gets back the well, Clef lowered. bomb's back he will but right now the left handed guys are jones and Laguson. So I mean it's a big drop off after Darnell Nurse as far as uh, who's going to pick up more minutes as a left-handed D man. As for offensive opportunities, Darnell Nurse I, I he, offense isn't his game. That's not why he's in the National Hockey League. He doesn't have the same offensive IQ as a Bear or a bomb or a Green has, but right now he's had to play in that position uh, because of the injuries to Klefbom. Right now their left side the left side is a little Uh, weaker without Clefbaum in it and you got two rookies are the only other options on the left side right now so that's why Donnell Nurse's minutes have been 25 and plus ever since Clefbaum went down.
1: Thanks Jamie. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers lose four uh, three in overtime. Let's go back to Anaheim one more time. He blasted home another
4: goal tonight. It's Leon Draisaitl. Tyler was saying that the start needs to be a little bit better. You guys were able to squander a point, but a little disappointing with how tight the division is right now.
0: Yeah, obviously would have liked to get that second point, but um, yeah, we just got to. You know, full game just needs to be better. Um, you know, obviously, a couple of new faces, so there's got to be, <coughs> sorry, there's going to be a little bit of adjustment time, but um, we got to keep that as, as small as possible. Um, you
4: know, we can't can't lose any points here uh, down this stretch. So, um, yeah, we, we just have to be bit, uh, better. Of course, you can nitpick the start, but a lot of positives in, in your guys's comeback efforts. Uh, down by two, none of you guys off the gas pedal that must be a positive you can work towards uh, tomorrow yeah absolutely we just gotta start that way um like the other guy said um yeah we just
0: have to be better tomorrow
1: all right a little bit there from leon dry as the oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to the anaheim ducks a quick timeout we'll get tony in on the open line in a second here overtime open line courtesy heartland ford 4-3 overtime loss for the Oilers. They're 33-22-8 and 8 on the season. 1-1, and or I guess 1-0-1, pardon me, with a game to go on their three-game road trip. That's tomorrow against the Vegas Golden Knights. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in the 6.30 Ched studio. Are you teaching tomorrow?
2: I am. I'm on the ice in St. Albert, uh, 8 a.m. by St. Albert Sports Academy hey, what every do day.
1: Te- what are you teaching these kids?
2: Um... Celebrations, where to go after the games. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, I've signed autographs. Tomorrow, uh, tomorrow well, in the mornings, it's all elementary. I think I'm with the grade fours tomorrow morning, and in the afternoons, I'm with the uh, junior high you
1: see this Alfonso Davies play, the kid from Edmonton, sprinting down the left side, setting up a player for a goal? He's, he's a heck
2: of an he athlete. He can play. Uh, you know what? Uh, I don't know about you. I follow all Canadian athletes, no matter what sport they play. When they get to the elite level, whether it's snowboarding or ski cross or basketball, or uh, Cana- Canada's got some pretty incredible athletes. And I know there's—I read an article today that kind of made me sad—that right now there's a two-month mo- two window to whether or not the Olympics are a go because of the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And to me, it would be just so disheartening to all these athletes well, if it gets canceled. Because you, I mean, these aren't these aren't million-dollar athletes. And, th- and a
1: lot of times, their funding drops off. Oh, absolutely.
2: Olympus. And you got to think too, if 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 it's pushed away, I mean, they, there's a shelf life on an athlete. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is some of them are at their peak. So I, I hope that uh, they get the coronavirus. F- fix for a lot of reasons but also the olympics are go but i'm a huge fan of canadian athletes and he's a great young soccer player
1: all right here's one of the all-time greats tony on line one go ahead tony
2: thanks i appreciate that
9: (laughs) um i got a few i got a couple of comments um so a tennessee was brought in basically to be a winger for mcdavid and it was brought in to basically just be death because we really didn't have much, and the fact that we, we are right now. The lines that I was wondering, once everybody gets healthy, you know, once Yamamoto gets healthy, once Neil gets healthy, once Clefong once, uh, gets healthy, is would you put Cassian on the first line with McDavid and Athenasiou, and would you, by any chance, maybe move down, like... The fact that we got so much depth right now is kind of confusing because I'm wondering where all these players are going to go. Like, I can get I can guarantee you right now, Yamamoto is going to go back on the second line with Nuge and Jai Seidel. Sure. So first line is going to be McDavid at NSU and maybe Cassian. But where would you put the rest of these guys? Because Neil playing third, like.
2: Actually, I don't that- think Neil would be third line. I think if everyone was healthy right now, Neil would be on the fourth line. Okay. Um I think I so. think I this is just my guess. If everyone was healthy and to and today and tomorrow's games didn't happen. I think the first it would have been AA with McDavid and Cassian, Triceott, Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto. Ennis or Nygaard playing with Shane and Archibald, and then the fourth line would have Neil with Haas and Ennis or Nygaard. Those well, would be the chase, lines. Where's Chase on? Chase on wouldn't be in the lineup. So you'd have Chase on P. Russell and Kara as scratches? Yes, that's what I think. Now, having said that, uh, Ennis had a great game tonight playing with Connor McDavid. Tomorrow, he gets one more shot before Cassian is, out, or is back from suspension. If that line tomorrow plays as well as they did today, that throws everything into uh, the blender. I mean, now all of a sudden you say, well, how do you split up this line? So there was a great opportunity for Double-A and Ennis for two games because connor's regular right winger was still suspended so they had an opportunity to prove that they're both capable of playing there i thought mcdavid looked really good with those two players and if those two players are capable of having another good game in vegas against a team that they're going to have to go through in the playoffs then you might want to keep them together so nothing is set in stone and every game you have an opportunity that's why you you never want to get. Kicked out, suspended, sick, injured, those things, because someone may take your spot, and all of a sudden when you come back, they've done a better job than you had.
9: And there is, and because I was kind of arguing with a friend of mine earlier because they're an Oilers fan, and they've been talking about, oh, you know what happens if we don't make it? What are the chances? Are they very slow of us not making
2: it? Oh, there's still, there's obviously chances. There certainly is a chance that the Oilers don't make the playoffs. They have to continue to play well. Uh, They, they, the thing that is different between a number of other years for the others they control their own destiny they're in a playoff spot right now so if they play with how they're capable of playing they'll be a playoff team
1: they have, they have 74 points if they get another 20 they should be in if they get 22 or more you know you get the 96 97 you, you will be
2: in if they're if they're one game over 500 going in they're in for sure so that should not be too hard for them to get but they still have to play the games to do it.
1: All right, Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to the Ducks. Get more on 630 chetcom and globalnews.ca. Tomorrow, Oilers now from noon to 2. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 7. A couple of Edmonton Oil Kings are coming into studio. The face-off show tomorrow is at 7. The game's at 8.30 as the Oilers take on the Golden Knights. Edmonton and Vancouver, two points behind the Knights for first in the Pacific Division. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Oilers hockey presented by World of Spas. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a good night. Six thirty, Chad.
0: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.
2: For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it
1: could happen to us until it does.